0: we're in Ephesians chapter four. Uh, if you, uh, have the notes, that would be fantastic. If you're on the connect app, you can see those notes there. Uh, or if you have your Bible on, you know, in your hand or on your phone, uh, look at that together. We are in Ephesians uh, chapter four, verse 14 through verse 32. Last week, we looked at the verses just prior to that the beginning of chapter four And we talked about who we are as a church the body of christ I hope that you took some time to think about that this week or maybe The challenge that was written for you there at the at the bottom of the notes last week that we went over what a blessing uh, That challenge is to us And today we hear from god's word that challenges us individually to think about You know, somebody told me one time, the Bible is always pointing us to how to get to God or how to stay with God. Uh, I like that idea. Uh, When you're reading the scripture, either calling you to God or encouraging you to live a life that would be pleasing to God. And so Paul, as he's writing this scripture, gives us a visual picture of how we please God. And he does it through this picture of a new set of clothes, that's the title of this message, A New Set of Clothes. So we're thinking about that uh, today and thinking about how God brings, you know, everybody likes a, uh, like a new set of clothes, right? Uh, a new shirt or a new outfit or something that you can um, you add to your, to your wardrobe. Somebody said one time, clothes make the man. Well, that's really not true, at least not physically, but it is true spiritually, We recognize that when we come, when we become a Christian, you can put on the new clothes that God has given to you. It's a, it's a metaphor that the scripture uses. Uh, When we put on Christ, we receive new spiritual identity. We put off the corrupt garments of the old self and we put on the new garments, the new self that God has made us to be. In this scripture we're going to look at today It explains in the first part who we are And then it gives very practical instruction About how we are to live Now what you notice here That this is not just like church jargon Like sometimes people will say Well they're just, they're just using that church language You know They're just telling us to love Jesus And trust God And uh, you know just typical language Well I'd like you to know that This passage of scripture is so direct uh, Toward us us talking to us about how do we practically live out our relationship to god so we today let's apply it but not only let's apply it let's wear it Uh, let's add it to our spiritual wardrobe as we look at it together so we're looking at ephesians 4 beginning with verse 14 then we will no longer be infants Tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming Instead Would you say instead instead? Speaking the truth in love we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of of him who is the head that is Christ from him the whole body is joined together by every supporting ligament ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work so i tell you this and insist on it in the lord that you must no longer live as the gentiles do in the futility of their thinking They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts Having lost all sensitivity. They have given themselves over to sensuality So as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are full of greed that however is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ And we're taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former self to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires and to be made new in the attitudes of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, Each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor for we are all members of one body in your anger Do not sin do not let the sun go down while you're still angry and do not give the devil a foothold Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer but must work doing something useful with their hands that they may have something to share with those who are in need we could say amen and go home That's a powerful word of scripture uh, For us to apply But I'd like to, to talk to you about uh, This section a little bit And give us some uh, guidance about it What I think he's doing here Is he's uh, giving us a practical guide Of how we are to live in Christ It's not an exhaustive list But it's an example Of how we apply The teaching of Christ To how we live our lives So we're going to talk about that my priorities are different My actions are different and ultimately my replacements are clearly different. So number one My priorities are different. So what are the priorities he's talking about here? He gives us two two priorities for this this new identity this new relationship with christ He says first of all that we have new priorities We have new priorities Uh, Priorities and our priorities are number one grow spiritually Grow spiritually notice the scripture talks about being an infant and going into maturity Toss back and forth. Aren't you glad your kids still don't act like they did when they were infants? (laughs) Maybe you wonder about that a little bit Aren't you glad that you become an adult and are not living in infancy and immaturity? Once again, we might have to ask the people that you live with, but we won't go there Um, He's talking about being tossed back and forth uh, Instead of being tossed back and forth finding stability Growing, he says in every aspect in every respect in relationship to your life that you are growing You know our life is like God's classroom, right? Our life is God's classroom. We learn through our problems, We learn through our blessings we learn through our circumstances we learn through all different aspects of our life And so god is not wanting us to stay stuck in this spot where we are right now He wants you to learn from what's happening around you many times people would say to me Well, I don't know why this is happening in my life pastor, but i'm sure there's something i'm supposed to be learning from this And I want to say yes That's right. Uh, He's always teaching us, isn't he? Through the circumstances that we find ourselves in. He is always moving us along, helping us to grow spiritually. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is in Christ. Number two is second priority is not only growing spiritually, but living differently living differently He says, you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. So what's he talking about here? He is talking about this strong exhortation to no longer walk as those in the culture that we would be changed. How he uses the word insist. uh, It's actually the word testify to you. He's stressing the importance and he says, I'm doing it in the Lord. Don't walk. Don't live the way that non-christians, the way the culture is around us, you are called to live differently because of what Christ has done in and through you. Paul calls us as Christians to live no longer like the, the culture around us. One of the One of the habits I have is um, many times I'll be riding along in the car and listening to the radio and I'll hear a song maybe that I'm not totally familiar with, or maybe I know it, but I don't remember all the lyrics. And so I I love to take out my phone and I'll look up that song and hear the lyrics and kind of know it as, as the song is being sung along. So the other day I'm riding with somebody, I'm not really a country fan too much, like I'm not against it, I don't just listen to it all the time, but they had their little button and they hit the button and it was country. Uh, and so uh, Johnny Cash is singing this song And I picked it up that it was called uh, I Walk the Line Well, I had no idea what that song was about So I decided to, to look it up uh, he, he was singing I keep a close watch on this heart of mine I keep my eyes wide open all the time I keep the ends out for the tie that binds Because you're mine, I walk the line I find it very, very easy to be true. I find myself alone when each day is through. Yes, I'll admit I'm a fool for you because you're mine, I walk the line. Because you're mine, I walk the line. I read on down. After the lyrics and read that this was a song that Johnny Cash wrote just after uh, He had gotten married and it was like this little song of devotion uh, to his wife Uh, He said that since you've been mine, I walk the line. He says I know I'm a fool for you But because you're mine, I walk the line Well, that's a country song, but it sure applies to what Paul is talking about right here because I'm with Christ, because of my relationship with Christ, because of the blessing that he has poured out on me, I walk the line. I live the life that he has called me to live because of what he has accomplished in me. I love that, don't you? I devote myself to Christ because he's my Savior. These Ephesian believers, when they when they read this scripture and for us, recognize that before Christ. Our mind was not right You might not feel it's totally right right now, but it definitely wasn't right before He's talking about our attitude Our feelings the futility of our mind. He says Uh, He's writing there and giving us some encouragement about uh, Walking with him and deciding to walk in a way that would be pleasing to him Now, Paul, he's talking about not being living out like an unregenerate heart, but being transformed by him He says part of the problem is the hardening of our hearts One translation even uses the word callous in there. Don't don't you notice? That when you're when things aren't quite right with Christ When you've been away from church or or you're just kind of wandering a little bit Man, don't you notice that your heart gets a little calloused? Pretty soon you start talking maybe differently than you used to. You maybe are harsher. Uh, You don't treat people quite as kindly as you once did. Maybe your heart is not as tender toward others around you. And you just start acting differently because your heart is a little more calloused. You stay close to Christ, you stay walking with him, he keeps us in line, doesn't he? He keeps us walking with him, and we make choices uh, to walk with him. That's exactly what Paul is talking about. The good news of this passage is that God can transform anyone by his grace. These Ephesians in their church, they are looking, he's talking to them about the dark description of what they were before, but now they are new creations in Christ, So can we be? He's reminding us. The point of this is clear. As as new creations in Christ, we are to think differently. We are to respond differently to the truth. We are to act differently, even in the culture around us. You know, God enables us to live holy lives by his Holy Spirit. And it's It's not that you shouldn't be around believers. He wants us to be interacting with others around us. But he promised us that we can still be separate from sin, even if we live in the world around us. Glory to God. You know, sometimes we say, well, it's just the world that we live in. You know what? You can't blame the culture. God gives us the empowerment within us to live without having to daily walk in sin in our life He gives us the help to walk with him to walk the line if you please He doesn't want us to be isolated from others. How will they ever know about christ? How will they ever know the difference that he has made in us? If we don't live it out in relationship with them, that's our calling but he wants you to grow spiritually and to live differently. Now, there's, there's a second practical part of this. Not only my priorities are different, but secondly, my actions are different. My actions are different now this time he puts it in the context of three different images that he gives us Uh, First he talks about school or learning Secondly, he talks about changing clothes and then he talks about being uh, a new creation in Christ So uh, first thing is that we remember that we have Christ-centered education Christ-centered education. He says that this is how you learned about Christ. Assuming that you heard about him, you were taught by him, taught the truth about Jesus. I noticed in verse 21, uh, when, you, when you look at it, uh, th- this word was kind of marked in my text. Uh, and the reason it was marked there is that really the word about is not there. It basically says, when you heard Christ. When you heard, not just heard about Christ, but when you heard Christ, it makes you think that Jesus is alive somehow and he's our teacher guiding us. Well, he is, right? He's the teacher. He's alive. He is at work within us. He is, he is guiding us and he is our teacher. We go into his classroom. Have, have you come to know Jesus Christ do you know then that you can live this new life? You know it all starts with conversion to Christ. Not just following some rules or keeping some moral rules, but following after Christ, putting our trust in him. This is eternal life that you may know him, the only true God and the one he sent, Jesus Christ, praise his name. Heard about this little girl? She was getting a shot. Uh, like a, like a flu shot or something. Uh, And while she's having this, the nurse says, which arm do you want it to go in, sweetie? This little girl, she looks at her arm, looks at the other arm, and then she says, I want you to put it in mama's arm. (laughs) Well, mama can't take your shot and neither can anybody else believe for you. You have to believe for yourself believe for yourself. Do you know Christ personally? He's our teacher Do we do we know about him? Do we put our trust in him? So Paul gives us uh, three different actions that we can take first of all put off your old self Be made new on the inside and put on the new self So three things number one put off the old self So he wants us to take some action the apostles talking about being uh, Able to to take off those old clothes is the metaphor take off our old ways the old self refers to Who you used to be? Who you were he's talking about being corrupted by deceitful desires Um, you know, you are called not to live in the same way you used to live. You're a new person in christ You are transformed by him and he doesn't want you to live out the old life He says put away those old ways and be renewed on the inside Be renewed in your in christ so that now you are able to put on a new self putting on a new self in him uh, there's this family that was uh, adopting uh, some children. They were actually adopting four children from, um, I, think, I think it was the Ukraine uh, where they were going. And so uh, for 35 days, this husband and wife were over in the Ukraine uh, seeking to adopt these orphanage children that were there. So everything had gone through all the legal work was done and they were eager to get their children They were eager for them to be cleaned up and they had brought them some brand new clothes They these kids this whole time had been wearing the same clothes the same worn-out shoes every day since they arrived and so now the permission has been given, and they uh, are meeting these children, and they're ready to give them these new outfits. And uh, the wife took two of the children, and the husband took two of the children, and they took them in into a, an area, and they began to say to them, uh, "Honey, we're going to take you home." And the littlest little girl said, "Like forever?" And dad said, "Yes, forever." And their faces light up, and they pull out these clothes, and they got uh, the girls a nice little denim dress and socks and and a shirt and everything. And so they go into this changing area, and they said, get rid of everything. So they took off everything that they owned, and they were given brand-new everything. uh, Because the rule was... That in leaving the orphanage the children had to leave behind every piece of clothing that they had been wearing What a picture of the gospel What a picture that is we get rid of all the old And receive this new clothing that he has for us they put off the old orphanage garments and they put on the clothes of their new adoptive parents a new set of clothes a new identity a new home new security what a way to live praise God that's the gospel he says remember you're a new creation Paul says your new self has been renewed, being renewed in the present tense, like, a, like beyond the corruption of the past, the ongoing process that God performs in us, helping us to be holy and righteous people before him. Praise his name. Uh, aren't you glad for the new wardrobe that he offers to us? Uh, You know when we come to know christ we are a new creation. We have minds that are renewed. We are experience a change uh, That allows us to know that we have a new heart a new spirit a new mind new desires That's what you have when you come to jesus. That's what he offers to us So my priorities are different my actions are different and then You know, we probably could have shut down right there. I thought man, that's so exciting Uh, that'd be the end of the sermon, but I want you to notice what he does here in 25 through 32 He says my replacements are different clearly different So this new lifestyle involves replacing sinful habits with righteous and holy habits you know, we could We could write a story or a sermon about every one of these points that he makes here, but I think he's trying to remind us, he's not trying to give an exhaustive list of examples of how to live out your new identity in Christ, but these are behaviors that he wants us to look at and to recognize that you can add other behaviors to recognizing how God is calling you to live out your relationship with him. Let me tell you a few things about these examples. Uh, First of all, they're very practical, and they are relationship-based. So our union with Christ should change the way that we live around others and in our families. Our sin affects us negatively, just as our righteousness affects us positively. So he's talking about this relationship that we have with Christ. You know, you can't be who God intended you to be without Jesus. Jesus. He provides the strength, the empowerment to help us. Secondly, notice in this section 25 to 32, how he gives us a negative and then gives us a positive. So a negative action and a positive action. That's really important. You know, holiness is not just about holiness is not just about saying no to sin. Holiness is also about saying yes to God. Do you get that? Holiness is not just about saying no to sin. It's about saying yes to God. We must not only throw the dirty clothes in the hamper. We have to put on the new clothes that we're given as well. So he's talking about things that are relational, that have a negative and a positive. And then I want you to notice that he sort of gives us a, a biblical theological reason of why he says this. We should throw off the old sinful ways and put on these Christian actions So we, for example, he does not simply say put away lying He relates it to the church and says because we are members of one another. He does not Stop with be angry and do not sin He relates it to our belief in the devil He commands the church to no longer steal And follows that with a command toward honest work, stewardship, and even care for the poor. When he's talking about unhealthy speech, how we talk to others, he relates it to grieving the Holy Spirit. Did you realize that? That when you talk so negatively, when you bring about accusation against others, you know, that grieves the Holy Spirit that is in your life. See, do you see what he's talking about? He's putting together practice and theology See, we have to remember that Christians are called to live differently in our world around us But we also live differently because we have different reasons We're not just trying to be nicer people We are part of the body of Christ We've been transformed by Christ So so look at these examples There's uh, five of them and then one that we'll make personal First, replace lying with truth telling. Replace lying with truth telling. Right at the beginning there, he quotes Zechariah speak truth to one another. So Paul is bringing in the truth of the Old Testament, but then he connects it and says, because we are members of one another. You know, your words impact other people. How you talk, how you treat others, your words. You know, if your brain says, the iron is not hot but your hand reaches over and touches it anyway, if it's hot, you're going to get burned. So we are united together. False words hurt others. Lying hurts others around us. Paul emphasizes that we are called to be truth tellers. When you tell the truth, you are imitating God. And when you lie, you are imitating Satan. Powerful truth for us. Secondly, he says, replace righteous anger, or excuse me, unrighteous anger with righteous anger. Now, I like this idea of replace. It's like, um, it's sort of like Dennis here. If Dennis takes his automobile to the place where he's going to get it serviced, he would never say you know, I'm kind of partial to that old oil in there. I've really kind of gotten used to that. You know, I'd like you just to put some new oil on top of that. Uh, that's ridiculous, isn't it? It would just gum up the car. Keeping that. And if it's been a while since you changed your oil, you might have all kind of dirt and sludge in that thing. No, we don't want that. We want somebody to get underneath there and take that little thing off at the bottom of the pan and to put that pan in there and drain that old oil out of there and get rid of that. And put that cap back on and put some brand new oil in the midst of that. See, that's replacement. That means we take and get rid of the old so that we can have the new. And your car is so happy when you you get that new oil in there. And that's the way it is with us. We take what was old that used to be our way and we replace it with something else. Lying is gone. Truth telling. Unrighteous anger pushed away. And righteous anger. Why does he he mention that? Um, He's recognizing that uh, there's a difference between holy or righteous indignation and a holy anger against sin. You know, we as Christians, don't you agree? That we as Christians, we cannot be indifferent to injustices and the things that happen around us. We got to stand up for things that are wrong. Uh, we, can, um, we should hate sin the way that God hates sin David once wrote in Psalm 119 he said um, indignation seizes me because of the wicked who forsake your law Jesus showed that when he turned over the tables in the temple or when he was questioned about healing on the Sabbath uh, Mark says that Jesus looked around at them with anger grieved at the hardness of their heart there's that idea again that callousness that happens but the Replacement allows us to take away the old and to bring in the new. Uh, to recognize what he's talking about here, uh, Paul gives us three reminders. The first thing was, he says, in your anger, do not sin. So Paul is not giving us permission to throw a fit. Amen? Paul is not giving us permission to seek revenge or dishonor the name of God. Paul is saying don't let the sun go down on your anger Don't hold a grudge for months while the sun is up. Now Paul Paul is saying um, You know, he's not telling the Eskimos in Alaska that they can hold on to their um, Anger for six months till the sun comes up again. That's not what he's talking about (laughs) He's saying don't let it fester Don't let it get out of control he he's encouraging them to uh, to resolve those things paul is saying don't let it fester resolve it quickly Don't let it turn into bitter, bitterness and the last qualification he gives is don't give the devil a foothold What he's talking about is don't give the devil an opportunity don't uh, let, let yourself be uh, tricked by the devil seek forgiveness seek reconciliation do it quickly Satan would love to use our anger as an opportunity to make us divisive and broken and unreconciled and even violent So he's asking us to take the old throw it away Maybe you still live with some anger. Maybe that was a part of your old life does that still show up once in a while? He's saying replace that old with the new that God has given to you. Uh, number three replace stealing with working and giving. Replace stealing with working and, bre- and giving. The history about this time period said that stealing was very typical uh, in the first century. We know that it uh, violates the eighth commandment that says, do not steal. So he's talking about not being thieves, not taking from others, no longer steal. He says, instead of stealing, do honest work with your own hands so that you have something to share with those uh, in need. Uh, Don't you don't you love that? He's talking about honest work working with our hands And then he says you should not only see the goodness of work But remember that you are going to help others in, In their need don't you love that? You know what we do what we do for our work is is not just to gain so we can buy more stuff And it's not just so that we can survive in our families we work so that not only we can take care of ourselves, but that we can help others that we can help the poor You see how he puts that together. He's reminding you he, He's not just saying don't steal but you have a different reason for not stealing you do hard work You gain income you have things in your life so that ultimately you can not only take care of yourself But you can help others as well. What a blessing He's, he's giving us this replacement idea um, number four He says, replace coarse or corrupt talk with edifying talk. Uh, You know, the word here, coarse or uh, foul language, um, he's talking about, it's the same word they would use for rotten fish. You ever pull something out of your refrigerator and you know something is bad? You pull that out of there. I pulled something out yesterday. Uh, she bought some groceries, and we were putting the new stuff in there, and I thought, okay, there's something wrong with that. And so uh, I checked it out, and just was, whoo. And so I threw it in the trash, and then... About ten seconds later, I thought, you know, if I leave that in that trash, it's going to smell up the whole kitchen. So I had to get rid of the whole bag and get rid of it. That's what he's talking about here. He's talking about removing coarse talk for edifying talk, reminding us of what God desires for us uh, in our talk with others. Jesus said that you will give an account on the final day for every careless word spoken. Matthew twelve thirty six. Uh, Uh, I heard about a sign this guy had in his dining room that said Whoever speaks evil of an absent man or woman is not welcome at this table It's good preaching. I like that He's talking about coarse language and he's saying that use use of language that hurts others that puts others down that labels others Grieves the holy spirit I wonder if the spirit ever read facebook grieves the Holy Spirit. So Christians have to be sensitive to the one who sealed for us the the day of redemption. So will what I'm about to say, will how I'm going to use my tongue please the Spirit or grieve the Spirit? He is teaching us to learn by the Spirit, to yield to Him and to trust His ways, to allow Him to show us. He's, his final word here is to replace bitterness and rage with kindness and forgiveness He's reminding us as the people of God That instead of bitterness and rage that we are filled with forgiveness. God's kindness Brought us to repentance. He says when the kindness of God our Savior his love for us uh, Appeared he saved us. You know God forgave you in Christ And he wants you to live differently because of that. He wants you to know. Now, I put a couple of blanks at the end of that uh, that are open because uh, what this means is that this is not an exhausted list. Maybe you could think about. Maybe you could think about what you need to do. As a matter of fact, that's how we'll close. What area would God want to bring about change in your life? What piece of old clothing are you still wearing? What attitude, what choices, what behaviors uh, do you have? Now, I'm not talking about self-help or making yourself better or just gritting your teeth and and becoming better. No, I'm talking about the inner work of the Holy Spirit in us. Now, for, for the truth is that if you don't know Christ, you can never pull this off. So I invite you to know him. But what could you do this week if you were in class with Jesus to see change in your life? What, what new outfit would God, you know, I noticed that most of the time you don't clean out the whole closet all at once, but you might get one new outfit or a dress or a shirt that you want to wear. And you're happy about this, this new outfit that you have. What thing this week could God want to wear? I'm pretty sure that none of you are perfect in here. You're just like me. You have needs, you have have ways that God wants to bring change. So what would God be saying to you? How could he help you bring about change in a specific area of your life and you think about getting rid of that old outfit and taking on the new outfit? You think God would be pleased with that? I think he would. Get rid of the old, get rid of the old outfit and take on the new set of clothes that he has for us. Would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your Holy Spirit in this room. Thank you for this amazing, practical scripture. May it help us think about our priorities to grow in you and to be spiritually different. May it help us to think about our actions, putting off the old and putting on the new. And may it help us in specific ways, examples that Paul gives us, examples that the Spirit can give us within ourselves. May, Lord, you help us as we put our trust in you, and as we begin to wear a whole new set of clothes. In Jesus' name, amen.